Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at a Chuckery Show, hanging out in the Key Studios on this Friday evening, halfway home here with you. Uh, 404-726-0929, Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line, 404-726-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Braves are rolling uh, right now. Uh, Jared Schuster did not even get through the sixth inning, unfortunately. Uh, five and two-thirds, five hits, a run. Three walks and two strikeouts, 93 pitches. Uh, he will get the win because the Rockies are not coming back. Uh, but um, Kirby Yates had to come in and get the last out of the sixth inning, and uh, Braves lead right now 8-1. to one. It was so, my fault. Yeah, yeah, you uh, you put the Fenoinks uh, on yeah. uh, Schuster, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people were talking fault. about, well, he could maybe go seven or eight innings. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was one of them. Well, you got five and two-thirds. I mean, so, he was looking so good, though. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But, again, three walks and five hits, that's too many base yeah. runners. That's yeah. the thing you got to cut down on. You can't have all those base yeah. runners. And he gave, and, and in that fifth inning, that was the inning he threw the most pitches. He threw, like, 23. Prior to that, he didn't, he didn't even hit a, a Yeah, he was. Of, I think he was yeah. under 70, was yeah. he not? I mean, yeah. through, through, I th- through five innings, I think he was under 70 pitches. Yeah, but so, then he got in there and, yeah, was all Yeah, bad. it is what it is. I mean, you know, look, you got five and two-thirds. Yeah. Um, you don't have to – you're not in any you're not in any high leverage situations with all of this. So I mean, again, you you can you can use some of your bullpen guys. You know, they they had um, who was it uh, was it Tompkins the other night that pitched like three and a third inning of relief. Yeah. So you only had to use two pitchers. So you know, Kirby Yates got the last out. Maybe you bring him along and let him get some work in. Um, you know, over this next couple of innings or whatever like that. But you're not going to be in any high leverage situations. You're not going to have right. to use all of your best arms. You know, in a game like this, probably won't even have to use your best arms all weekend long. This will be probably just a, a a chance to get some guys some work in as they uh, they need it. So, uh, scary situation in uh, Boston. So the Yankees and Red Sox are playing uh, tonight in the um, in the fifth inning. Uh, Tanner Houck, the starting pitcher for the Red Sox, he took a line drive off his face. Oh. Yeah. We've seen that before. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was – I mean, he had most of his face covered up. Mouth, eye, I don't know exactly where and when, when you look at the replay, but um, he took a line drive off the face, and that's just nasty. Um, 
Now he he got up and walked up, walked off the field under his own power. So he had a towel over his face, but he walked off on his own power. Kind of flashed a sign to his teammates that you know everything was good, but eh, everything's not good when you take a line drive off your no, face like that. No, something's fractured. Yeah, yeah. So you, uh, again, the Red Sox are up thirteen to one in the game, but more than that is just the idea that Tanner Houck just. He got he got hit in the face and hopefully he's okay and hopefully there's no lingering or permanent damage or whatever like that. I mean, he he basically it, it, it looks like it was on either the nose, the right eye, something like that. But he took it clean um, off of his face. So prayers and well wishes to Tanner Houck. Um, you know, after after a scary situation like that and like uh, I, I heard the audio, Fenway Park was dead quiet. Uh, and again, you know, Fenway Park. I mean, it wasn't a peep when they I saw can, that. Yeah, that, that I happened. can imagine. So yeah, yeah hopefully he's uh, hopefully he's okay and um, and and things go well uh, for him. Uh, reminder too that uh, we do have Rankum coming up at ten forty. Uh, so we'll get you ready for the weekend as um, it is Father's Day weekend. We'll talk a little bit more about this in in that's life, but uh, it is a Father's Day weekend. So hopefully we've been running the promos all uh, day long here, and uh, hopefully everybody has a a chance to catch up with the family and friends and all that kind of stuff. Um, do you have any special plans for Father's Day? Yeah, uh, nothing special. But we we're going we're going we're, we'll be gone. Um, we're gonna head to the Carolinas tomorrow. Yeah, uh, we'll drop yeah, the so boys. Yeah, are, are you? I won't be here with you Monday, Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh, we'll drop the boys off at my at my dad's. Um, Who's producing Monday, Tuesday? I think it's Garrett. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Garrett. Okay. So and I, I try to, you know, I'm one of those producers that try to set it up. All he's got to do, I, I mean, you know, we'll talk offline, but he'll just have to come in and, and push buttons and, you know, follow your lead. Well, that's what most of these producers do anyway. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, was, was, that, was that a shot? Or, you know, was, that, was that a shot? So, I mean, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, we'll. It's, uh, only, it's only been that way for 11 years for me. I mean, but, you know, that's. Neither here nor there. Yeah, so. yeah, but yeah, we'll drop him at my dad's for like two days, and uh, he's in White Whiteville, um, North Carolina, which is kind of closer to Wilmington, the coast. Mm-hmm. So we'll drop him off there. Um, drive over. Yeah, to Wilmington's Beach. a pretty good haul out there to Wilmington. Yeah, it's like uh, he's like five and a half, six hours away. Mm-hmm. So we'll drop them off there, then drive back down to Myrtle Beach, which is like an hour away, and uh, we'll kind of just hang by ourselves for a couple of days and then we'll meet meet uh my dad with the boys at my mother's in South Carolina and then go back to the beach for a couple more days. Yeah, I was uh I was actually in Myrtle Beach last summer. We went nice. uh, we went and did a trip to to Myrtle Beach and uh, I I hadn't been to Myrtle Beach in like 20 no maybe longer than that. Mm. I mean, it, it was a kid when I was at the last time I was at Myrtle Beach, so I took my daughter and we had a good time. I mean, yeah. Myrtle Beach is, you know, it's a fun little area. And, um, I mean, they got all kinds of stuff to do. I mean, there's all kinds of just. Yeah, they got, like, all those little amusement-type yeah, like Yeah, like the small amusement. Yeah. I mean, they got the big Ferris wheels and the yep. roller coasters and all kinds of different yeah. stuff that you can get, you know, in the mix and in, involved in. And yep. uh, uh, the beach was really nice. I mean, we were we were uh, we, we weren't in a hotel directly on the beach, but we were right across. I mean, literally right mm-hmm. across the street. And, right. you know, we could just we just walked right to the. I mean, it was just a few feet from the beach or whatever like that. Okay. So, um, but um, they've got some they've got some nice places. There was a lot of uh, I don't know where you guys are staying, but you know the funny thing is is that a lot of those places did not get very good reviews on. Like I use TripAdvisor, right. you know, I do I do I leave uh, reviews and stuff like that, and 
a lot of these places, they were not getting good reviews. They looked great from the outside, mm-hmm. and the rooms themselves looked good. But I was reading so many negative reviews wow. about some of these places. And there's a lot of those places that are, I don't know if they're mom and pop, but they're not like they're not like chains. Like they're right. not, you know, the Hyatt or the Hilton or, you know what I mean? Like, right. the, the, like a lot of these are like sort of resorts and stuff like that. And I don't say, no, not resorts, but... But they're, but they're just kind of off-brand hotels. Right. And we stayed at one. We stayed at an off-brand hotel. And actually, it, it, it was really nice. I mean, it was it was a nice hotel. But there's a lot of older buildings, you know, along the beaches mm-hmm. of, you know, Myrtle Beach that, you know, they are, you know, just kind of off-brand hotels. They're not, they're not the chain hotels. Right. So you never know what you're going to get. But there were a lot of bad reviews uh, uh, that I was reading. Okay. So, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know where you guys are staying. But yeah, I don't. I, I don't. My wife didn't say this time. I know the the is couple she of times. The secret? Yeah, the couple <laughs> times we've gone, it, it's been this one Marriott property. But I don't. Okay. Yeah, she hasn't said this time around. Well, that I mean, again, you know, the, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but I mean, you know, with with hotels, I mean, when you go to a chain, at least it's got some kind of standard. I mean, right. I don't care. I don't care what it. I, it can be a comfort in as far as that goes. But <laughs> I mean, at least it's got some kind of standard to it, right? You know. But these are a lot of those hotels are just. You know, they're buildings that are owned by different people. You know, the Seashore Inn mm-hmm. or the, you know, the, yeah. you know, Clam by the Sea or whatever. <laughs> I mean, whatever, yeah. whatever uh, they are. So, um, again, you know, but uh, the place, I mean, we stayed at like an off-brand hotel. Um, mm-hmm. It was nice. I mean, the air conditioning worked great. Beds were comfortable. We had a, a porch, so I was smoking cigars. Nice. You know, watching, you know, sitting there on the, uh, on the porch, uh, like on a balcony, and it faced... It, first off, it faced the beach, nice. and then it faced the main kind of road mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, you could see other people coming by and, you know, watch the beach. and People watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. So, I mean, it was it was good. I mean, you know, we I had a good time, and it didn't cost didn't cost a whole heck of a lot of money, okay. you know, so it was it was a good deal versus some of those. I mean, there were some expensive hotels, but, I mean, it didn't, didn't cost too much. So, nice, nice. You know. Now, you guys this weekend are going to go to uh, Tennessee, Yeah, right? yeah, we're going to head up to Chattanooga tomorrow, so okay. we'll, we'll go to Lake Winnie. Uh, we'll stay in downtown Chattanooga, as we always do. Uh, the Hotel Indigo, I believe. Nice. So I think it's a four-star hotel that we're going to stay at. And uh should be a nice place. I've never stayed there before. I've heard of them, but I've never stayed there. And uh, we'll go to Lake Winnie at the amusement park and all that good kind of stuff. And then we'll get up on Sunday. And I want to go to breakfast for Father's Day and all that good stuff. Okay. And uh, it's going to be my daughter and one of her friends that are going to go with us and uh, – We'll uh, we'll do it up, you know. Nice. I mean, we'll we'll have some fun and uh, you know go to Lake Winnipesaukee. Have you ever been up there? I've been to Ch- not to to Lake Winnie, but I've yeah Chattanooga been to several times. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I like Win- it down Lake there. Winnie's fun. Lake Winnie's actually in Georgia. I mean, it's it's it the the, the amusement park is so it's on this side. Yes, okay. it's, it's close to Ringgold is where. Oh, where okay. It is. So I mean, okay. it's it's just it's just right outside of Ringgold. But again, when you stay in downtown Chattanooga. It's literally 15 minutes or so, 15, 20 minute drive gotcha. okay. is it to get to get back into Georgia and and, you know, hit the amusement park. So okay. they, got a, they got a nice little water park. Um, you know, it's an older amusement park, but their water park is fairly new because it, it's been around in the last decade or something like that that we've okay. been going up there. Um, and so it's it's pretty cool. So it's just just chance to get away. So nice. hopefully everybody has a good Father's Day and hopefully everybody uh, has some fun. Uh, this weekend and dads don't work too hard or anything like that so Definitely. i've got to work tomorrow morning i have a feeling that the place where i work is going to be really busy uh and we'll talk about this more because 
I had a, we'll talk about this in uh, That's Life. I had a really, really productive day nice. today. Okay. And so we'll talk about that here in just a couple of minutes. Okay. When we get back, it will be time for That's Life. As uh, we welcome into the world, ready, day-day, Roman Pacino. Oh, he's here. Yes, he's okay. here. Okay. Plus our top ten as well. Chuck Rinakia Studios, Sports Radio, 92 on the game, the Odyssey.com app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back at it, John Chuckery Show. 921 live in the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers. Uh, no, sorry. Gosh. 404-726-0929 is the Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line. Odyssey apps how you catch us on the go. Social media at 929 The Game. At JMCH316 on Twitter, at the D. Lewis for real on Twitter. Don't forget 1040 Rankum coming up here. Well, we welcome into the world Roman Pacino. So the baby boy of Al Pacino, 83 years old, was it? 
with his 29-year-old, Damn. you know, mama, baby mama. So Al's the one who asked the, he's the one that asked for the paternity test. He asked for the test. paternity okay, test, yeah. yes. And, so um, she's the one that also dated uh, yep. Mick Jagger. Yep. And okay. so, <clears throat> so they um, they officially announced the birth of their boy and uh, his name, and it's Roman Pacino. So uh, let me put it like this. He's hit the lottery. So that's, <laughs> that's all I can tell you is, is he's hit the lottery. So I wonder how much Al Pacino's worth. Wonder how wonder how much he's worth because some of those guys didn't make nearly as much money as you think, and then they also you know lost a lot of money uh, in some of those things. But anyway, so the uh, the the world has now got Roman, uh, not Roman Reigns, <clears throat> but Roman uh, Pacino in it. All right, excuse me. Listen to this crazy story, Day Day. So. What's the name of this uh, this woman's name? Um, Mandy Roish, R-E-U-S-C-H. She's 35 years old. She's charged with a felony crime of aiding in the suicide and the misdemeanor crime of harassment of her ex-husband, um, or uh, I should say ex-boyfriend. Um, so this guy was an Army veteran. And the mother of his child, who he who she said he would never see her again, sent all kinds of these crazy text messages and videos and stuff. Basically, drove this guy to suicide, wow. and now she's charged with the crime. So they've got a four-year-old daughter. She was sending videos of her giving oral sex to other guys. Um. Some of the text messages that she sent is, I'm moving in this week with another man. I need monetary help. You will not be permitted to be around our child unless a court is involved. You won't see her for Father's Day or any holiday. My dad is changing the locks tomorrow. I'm selling your stuff to make up for the money you promised. Uh, My kids will literally be better off with any role model other than you. You will not be hearing from me after this text. And if you show up here again... We have a gun, and I will call the police. From now on, we are, and it's blocked out, you do not exist. Um, And her new boyfriend is her dad now, not you. Don't ever ask about her again. She isn't your daughter. You'll never hear about her again either. You can watch a movie about Mr. Rogers and then mentally abuse your child's mother the week of Mother's Day and still think you've been wronged and so she says in this last text so i'm moving uh i'm moving dude in and you can actually uh you 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 can actually i don't know what that what that english is um i hope for your sake that you do kill yourself she would be better off not even knowing you and only knowing and that part of it is cut off so she literally was sending these harassing texts to this army veteran about killing himself. I have a four-year-old daughter, and she's sending him videos of her having sex with other men. That's terrible. Like, how how nuts do you have to be? That is terrible. Like, how crazy do you have to be to all of this? And the guy ended up killing himself. He ended up he ended up killing himself when, when all was said and done. Uh, Kevin Metzger was 37 years old. He was the victim of a never-ending stream of abusive text messages 
that um, in June of this, and this goes back, by the way, to June of 2021 when wow. he took his life. And all of this kind of came to court here, um, here recently. But she's charged with, um, she's charged with, um, um, I get what's what's the, what did I say the charge was? Is that um, she was arraigned outside of Pittsburgh on Tuesday on charges of aiding suicide and harassment in the death of her estranged boyfriend and the father of her child, Kevin Metzger, in June of 2021. Look, I hope she goes to jail for a long time. Yeah. I hope, hope she goes to jail for yeah. a long, long time. Like how, again, my ex-wife and I don't get along in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but we always wanted to be a part of our daughter's life, right? Right. I mean, you know, when you have a child, and especially, I'll be honest with you, when you especially have a girl, mm-hmm. like you, you always want to be a part of that child's life. Yep. But, whew, man, like this woman is just nuts. Yeah. I mean, she is straight cuckoo. Yeah, she is uh, completely crazy. So, um, yeah, just an awful, awful case all the way around. So, hopefully, uh, you know, 35 years old, hopefully she spends a lot of time behind bars. But I- I'm guessing, I don't even know what the punishment for a aiding in a suicide is. Um, I'm not even sure how long of a, of a, you know, punishment that is for that type of crime. But hopefully she stays behind bars for a long time and doesn't have any, you know, contact, uh, you know, with her daughter or anything like that. All right. Uh, happy birthday um, to Phil Mickelson, Tupac Shakur, um, D- Diana DeGarmo. So do you know who Diana DeGarmo is? Uh, I do. Why? Just Refresh my memory because I know I know the name. She was from Snellville, and she was a finalist on American yes, Idol. Yes, yes. So yes. she's she's from Snellville. Yes. So she was the finalist along with Fantasia. I was gonna say she was the year Fantasia. Okay. And, yes. I so do, yes. that night of the finals, I was on Hollywood Boulevard uh-huh. in front of the Kodak Theater, which is where the American Idol finals are held. Right. At the Kodak Theater on Hollywood Boulevard, I was there that night, and I, I was not. I was not going to American Idol, right. but we were on Hollywood Boulevard that night, and we ended up over at Lucky Strike. And I've told you the story about meeting Cato Kalen and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But anyway, we took his girl and played pool. But anyway, um, and also it's Jim Helwig's birthday. You know who Jim Helwig is? No, I don't know who that is. You don't know who he is? I don't think so. How about the Ultimate Warrior? Oh, that's his real name? Yes. You know, there's not too many wrestlers that I know their real names, okay. believe it or not. Uh, well, and Jim Helwig is the Ultimate Warrior. Obviously, okay. he's no longer with us. Right. Um, I was never a big Ultimate Warrior fan because I was always a Hulkamaniac. So Same. With this, with this tonight, tonight's top ten list, your top ten popular wrestlers that you were never a fan of. Day-Day, the floor is yours. All right, so you mentioned Ultimate Warrior. He actually is on my list. It uh-huh. was just something about it – was, it was just, to me, a bad mix of Hogan and Stink. Well – you know, so, and I know him and Sting, you know, they were, but, but I just, I couldn't grasp him. So nobody, I, I, and I hate to say this because, I mean, he is dead. Nobody has anything good to say about Jim Helwig. Mm. Nobody. Right. Um, Jim Ross, Jim Cornette, anybody involved in the WWF, mm. nobody has anything good to say about him. And remember, him and Sting were tag team partners right. in Mid-South Wrestling. Yep. But nobody has anything good to say about Jim Helwig. And that's a shame because, again, you know, but he didn't take the business seriously. He didn't want to get better. It was an end. It was a means to an end just Mm -hmm. to make money. Um, But nobody says good things about him. He was a pain in the neck to deal with. Wow. Um, But he was, 
He was not a popular guy at all. Ted DiBiase recently did a podcast where he just blasted the Ultimate Warrior. Wow. Just blasted him. Like, everybody has nothing good to say about the Ultimate That's Warrior. That's terrible. All right, uh, Greg Valentine. Oh, um, I love Greg Valentine. I, I couldn't. Yeah. I just... I didn't master the figure. Yeah, four. he was a great wrestler. Yep. but I just I didn't like him. Terry Funk. Yeah, um, you know what? I I he's on my list. I okay. never I never got the appeal of Terry Funk. No, I mean it, and I'm older now, so I understand. Right, it, but I never right. got the appeal of Terry Funk. Right, and he's one of the more popular wrestlers in, in wrestling yep. history. And this next one is the same way. I'm older, so I kind of get him now. I, I get it, and and it's funny because my best friend loved him, but Jeff Jarrett. Oh, I, yeah. I, I was yeah. not my, my best friend loved yeah, you Jeff know Jarrett. Had, you know we've had Jeff yeah. Jarrett on the yeah, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. My yeah. best friend loved Jeff Jarrett. Um, CM Punk. I'm not. I'm not big on CM Punk. You know, I, I have him on my list as well. I, I didn't. I didn't get it. I, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't get it. And I know he's the straight edge and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I like CM Punk more now right. that he's in AEW right. than I did whenever when he was in the WWF. Right. Right. Um, Rob Van Dam. Oh, I, yeah, okay. I didn't care. Mr. Too, Monday Night? Yeah, Mr. Monday Night. Didn't care for Rob Van Dam. Uh, Sid Vicious. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I can, uh, you know, again, he stabbed Arn Anderson. Right. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I, again, I love Sid because just the look and the appeal and the crazy eyes of Sid. Yeah, I mean, in that part I did, but it's after a while he just, I, I, I wasn't feeling him. Um, Kane, I never got into Kane. Um, yeah, never. I, I, I mean, it's amazing he played that character for 20 years. I know. 20 years. Like, even when it seemed like all wrestlers were coming out of the gimmick. Right. You know, it took him a very long time before he finally did. did. Yep, it did. You know, and then believe it or not, now I, I like him. I appreciate what he's done for the business. But The Undertaker. Wow. I did not like Taker so until you, he became the American badass. So you okay, so you are the same as Jason Longshore. Okay. Because Jason Longshore is not a fan of Yeah, I did not like wow. Taker uh and then again, it was not until the Attitude Era and he switched over to the American badass that that's when I was like, give me that guy. I see every night. Okay. So I, and I'm a huge fan of the Undertaker, but I've always said the American badass version of The Undertaker is still the best Undertaker. Yes. I don't care what anybody tells yes. you. You can have all the gimmick and all the entrance music and all this kind of stuff. The best Undertaker is still The American. Yes. That was Mark Calloway. That was, that was, yes. and I'm telling you, the Brothers of Destruction, that's still one of my favorite tag teams of all yes. time. That when him and Kane got together in that era and they just walloped right. everybody, like that was right. awesome. Like that was, that was when they were fantastic. Yeah. So, um, I'm with you on that. I think I think that. So I had CM Punk, Ultimate Warrior, uh, Terry Funk uh, as well. Um, Batista. Oh. I, I just. You know, yeah. I, I never got into Batista. Yeah. I mean, I. I, I again, I, I understood the gimmick and, and you know, the. Um, what was the faction with, with Triple H? And, yeah. And, um, they, uh, they were, they, what were they called? They were the. Uh, cause Randy, Randy, Randy Orton, Triple H. Yeah. Uh, Rick Flair. Rick Flair. And Batista. Uh, what were they called? Yeah. I can't remember. But yeah, and, and you know what? I didn't mind him then, but because he didn't talk. Well, he it, didn't talk a lot. It, it felt like that they really. It felt like he was always pushed really heavily. Yes, and and I didn't. I didn't see the appeal uh, yeah. in all of that. Um, JBL. 
Now, I loved the APA. I'm not saying I absolutely love the APA. Loved yes, Ron yes. Simmons and, and, and John, uh, Bradshaw John Bradshaw yes. as the APA. Yes. But I never got the whole JBL, JBL gimmick. Yeah. And again, he's a great performer, and him and Eddie Guerrero, I mean, tore the house down yep. when those two guys got together. But I never got into the character or yeah. anything like that. Um, the Miz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't understand the appeal of the Miz. Yep. I don't. I mean, look, he's from Northeast Ohio, and and I get it. He's a great ambassador for the WWF, Mm -hmm. but I never understood the appeal of Miz. And the fact that he's wrestled for about 20 years now, and again, remember, he was on on Real World is where he got his start from. I I never got the appeal uh, of the Miz. Um, I'll save my hot take one for for last. Okay. Um, Tully Blanchard. Now, yeah. I, I appreciate Tully Bland Evolution. Yes, thank you to the texter. Yes. Evolution. Evolution. Was the group. That was um, the yeah. I appreciate Tully Blanchard more now, but I always thought he was a boring, boring personality. Like, he could talk his rear end off. But when yeah. you had Flair and Arn Anderson doing the speaking for the Four Horsemen, that was all I needed. Just give yeah. me Arn and Flair yeah. and let the. I appreciate Tully Blanchard now because, again, he's a phenomenal performer. Yep. That that uh, cage match against uh, um, uh, uh, Magnum TA, mm-hmm. uh, phenomenal. But I, I never really got into the, the Tully Blanchard thing, even with Baby Doll and everything else yeah. along with it. Um, Vader. Big Van Vader? Yeah, I just – He was – I, I I think I would have liked him better in Japan. Yeah. But I never – again – Seeing him in WWF, he wasn't very good um, because he was out of shape, really. Yeah. Uh, WCW, that match with nine. I mean, look, that's a great match in '93 at Starcade '93 with Ric mm-hmm. Flair, the 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 uh, Flair for gold. Yeah. Great match, but I, I never got the the whole gimmick with Vader. With yeah, the big I felt like and all that yeah, stuff. I felt like by the time he got to WWE, like it was kind of too late. Yeah. You know. Uh, my last two, the Young Bucks. I don't get their gimmick at all. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand. Anything about the young, but you could throw Kenny Omega in that mix as well. <laughs> I don't get that whole deal yeah. uh, with, with with them, their popularity. And then the hot take one, I never got John Cena. I never Same was here. into, I was never into John Cena. Same here. I, I never, I, 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 again, when they did that WrestleMania in the pandemic mm-hmm. and he had that match against um, um, Bray Wyatt, who was the fiend yeah, at that time, at the, yeah. when he came, I'm telling you, the greatest John Cena moment was when he came out to the NWO music and yes. they were like they were like for just that split second yeah. he was a heel he had the NWO shirt on yep. and he came out to that was the great like I would have always loved to have seen John Cena turn heel but yeah. again I know the work he's done he's done more make a wishes than any person yeah. in history um so he's obviously huge in that and I don't take anything away from him I just never rooted for John Cena. Same just, here. And again, he's like the winningest champ of all time. I just, I yeah. never, I never rooted for John Cena. So yeah, just he never was. Really uh, got into it him. was. Uh, he was the Marky Mark of wrestling yeah, to me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, Christy Dosh. We talked to her earlier in the show. She's an expert on name, image, and likeness. What she had to say coming up next. Chuck in the Key Studios, Sports Radio, ninety two nine The Game, and the Odyssey.com app.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at a Chuckery Show, hanging out in the Kia studios on this Friday night with you. By the way, Braves are up 3 nothing already. So uh, 404-726-0929, that is the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, uh, as we're trying to figure out what the future governance of NIL is going to be, name, image, and likeness, we... Uh, we turn to uh, you know somebody who knows probably about as much about this as anybody in the country. Christy Dosh is joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Atlanta's Ford dealer. She's sports business reporter for Forbes, founder of the business of college and sports jobs, uh, sports and jobs in NIL. You can follow her on her personal Twitter page at SportsBizMiss. Christy, as always, thanks for a few minutes uh, here in Atlanta with us tonight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I don't live up there anymore, but I'm born and bred in Atlanta and always happy to come on up there. Absolutely. Um, you know, Christy, I'm, I'm rubbing my eyes because this whole idea of the federal government getting involved. Look, the federal government does two things really well. They print money and fight wars. That's the only thing that the federal government does well. I don't want them anywhere near this name, image, and likeness. And I'm not saying that they're doesn't need to be regulations, but what are your thoughts about the idea of the federal government getting involved and starting to put standards in play for this? Yeah, I've always thought it was kind of a long shot that they were going to do anything about it. I mean, there have been, I think, more than a dozen federal bills related to NIL that have been introduced over the last couple of years, and none of them have even made it out of committee. And a big part of that is because the congressional leaders can't agree about what should be in there um, and even you know, talk about extending it beyond NIL to cover other parts of college sports as well. So I know the NCAA is hopeful that that will solve its problems in terms of differing state laws. And I, I sort of understand the angst with that, but I don't think a federal law is coming a- at all, but certainly not anytime soon. I, I'm not optimistic that it's going to happen. Well, I guess what's the downside of letting the states, I mean, again, this is how, I hate to say it this way, but I mean, this is how government's supposed to work. The state should be able to decide what the future of these things is and what the rules and regulations are and Look, I understand competitive balance and all that, but again, there's no competitive balance in in the world of collegiate athletics. I mean, it's already lopsided to to the premier program. So what's wrong with having the states govern how all of this gets handled? Yeah, I think the danger now, you know, where where the tipping point was for me was last week when Texas passed its new bill uh, that its uh, governor signed, which essentially says the NCAA can't enforce its own rules. 
so I, I expect that other states will be passing that soon as well. There have already been discussions in other states. So now you're just essentially saying the, the NCAA can no longer govern its member institutions. So college sports just isn't going to have rules anymore. Everybody can just do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want. You know, there, there's nothing that operates like that. Professional sports operate under rules now, albeit that's with professional athletes as employees collectively bargaining with the league. And I think that's probably where we're headed. There's a big case going to the National Labor Relations Board in November, and the early indications are that that board will likely decide that student athletes are employees. And I think college sports will look very, very different a couple of years from now. We'll, uh, we'll get back to that point here in just a second, but I want to, I want to, <laughs> well, I, I, I do want to say that what, I mean, look, the, the talk has always been that football may get away from the NCAA to govern itself. I mean, Steve Spurrier has always said it's a 1950s rule book governing in the 21st century. And there are a lot of antiquated things about the way the NCAA governs over football. I'm not saying that there's not a use for them, especially in other sports. But, you know, look, they had a chance to get their arms around this and they kicked the can down the road for de- for not for years, for decades on this. They knew that this was going to come at some point. And now for Charlie Baker to come out and say, well, you know, we got to get federal Well, wait a second. You guys kicked the can down the road. You didn't want to embrace this idea of athletes making money off this. And now you're trying to scramble to try to put something back. And that's why I think I wonder if, A, the NCAA is a dying breed, which I think that they are as far as governing football. But it's a lot of gall for Charlie Baker to come out and say, well, you know, now we got to pass federal laws when they had all the chances in the world to wrap their arms around and get some things in place for this. Yeah, 100%. I agree that they put themselves in this situation. And, you know, I think even sometimes I kind of forget, like, the NCAA doesn't just, you know, pass its own rules. The people in Indianapolis are not making these rules up or, or declining to change these rules. It's the university presidents who govern. They are the ones who vote on legislation, new legislation, changing legislation. So it's the schools themselves making the decisions on these rules, not some sort of, you know, uh, dictator in Indianapolis that's doing it. However, I do think there's a huge disconnect between what university presidents want and what university athletic directors want. And I think that we've finally gotten to a point where having presidents make these decisions about athletics, particularly with regards to football, maybe doesn't make sense anymore. I I've myself met a number of presidents who knew very little about the college sports that they governed. Christy Dosh, sports business reporter, joining me here on the waitfor.com hotline. And I'll always remember our conversation that when all of this kind of first started, you were one of the people, and I always remember the idea that you talked about social media influence and different things like this. And we have seen a, a just an explosion of, and I hate to say it this way, but I mean, folks that are on Instagram, big Twitter presence, you know, you know, these kind of big social media platforms and stuff like that, that, you know, it wasn't just going to be the football players that made all the money. We're seeing people in all, you know, swimming, softball, different things like that, that there are so many athletes that are cashing in right now, and especially a lot of it off their social media presence. I always give you credit for, for that because you're one of the first people that brought that up to me. Oh, thank you. You know, I really think that is what has sort of equalized things for female versus male athletes. I mean, you're always going to have football players and some men's basketball players who 
are getting paid, I don't want to say above market rate because market rate is whatever someone's willing to pay, but they're getting paid, you know, far beyond what they would get in sort of the normal influencer realm for the number of followers that they have. But when you get outside of football, men's basketball, I mean, I have seen some women just absolutely killing it, multiple six figures into the millions when you talk about athletes like the Cavender twins, but, Mm -hmm. you know, names you wouldn't even recognize. Emily Cole, who's a track and field athlete at Duke, she is multiple six figures. She's been killing it. You know, Leah Clapper, who just graduated from University of Florida, who's a gymnast. Same thing, absolutely killed it at NIL. And Leah just graduated, and her entire career plan has changed because of NIL. And that's the stuff about NIL that I love. So I guess what's the next steps? I mean, I, I the thing I always said about name, image, and likeness was in the old system, if you will, look, athletes were capitalizing off of their success. It, it may not be at the level that it is now with NIL, but you know, again, the bags of money and I mean, look, John Hot Rod Williams in, in, in Tulane had a shoebox, a Nike shoebox full of cash underneath his bed. So you had all of the boosters and things like that that were doing the backdoor deals and such. Now with NIL, at least things have come out to the light, and we can kind of see where money comes from in, in all of this. So what's the next kind of step as far as NIL, but what do you think the next kind of breakthrough thing is for name, image, and likeness? Yeah, you know, I think right now it's those changing state laws with regards to the NCAA's ability to even govern NIL. You really don't have very many rules around NIL right now. When they passed NIL, it basically just said, if you have a state law, follow it. If you don't have a state law, follow your school's policy. And, oh, you can have accountants and attorneys and advisors. That was really it. And then always in the rule book, there had been the rule against pay-for-play and inducement, but I think we all know inducement is happening. Lots of high school kids, lots of transfers are signing NIL deals or at least agreeing verbally to NIL deals before they make their decisions. That's not how it's supposed to work, but we all know that it's working like that, and now it looks like states are going to move to take away the NCAA's right to do anything about that, but frankly, they haven't been doing anything about it anyway. Yeah, and, you know, the other part of this is, and, and you brought this up about earlier, about the idea of athletes becoming state employees. Now, I, I talked to somebody that was from the state of North Carolina that was, um, I, I, I think it was like the director of labor for the state of North Carolina um, years ago, and this was probably like seven or eight years ago, and she brought this exact idea up about, you know, we, we would get to a point where, if you're an athlete, you become an employee of the state. Is that something that you think will happen? Do you think that that is something that is also in the future works, that these athletes become state employees when all is said and done? Yeah, right now there's a, a case that's making its way to the National Labor Relations Board. It involves football and men's and women's basketball athletes, just those three sports. However, the test for employment doesn't look at whether a sport generates revenue or not. So even though football and men's and women's basketball are generally revenue sports, as we call them, it would you know, need to extend to include all other student athletes because they, if those three sports meet the definition of employment, so do all the rest of them. And what's really interesting is I've been teaching NIL at University of Florida for the last year and a half. Uh, I teach in two different departments, and I've had a handful of student athletes in my class every single semester. And the last unit of the semester, I have them read articles 
arguing both sides, arguing that, yes, they're employees and here's why and here's what it'll look like when they become employees or no, they're not. Here's why not. And I try to really present both sides equally. And then I ask them in their final discussion board, do you think student athletes are employees? Why or why not? And every single athlete I've had in my class every semester says, no, not athletes, uh, not employees and don't want to be. You know, they're, they're very concerned about how there might be some disadvantages to being an employee, like being able to be fired, being penalized for being late. Uh, you know, there are a number of things that will look different if they're employees. And not all student athletes are on board with that. So, I mean, we've had this brought up before, the idea of unionization. So is that something that athletes that if they're not employees, they argue that they, you know, can, you know, become a union and in fight for rights that, you know, again, they, you know, that, that, you know, kind of an equal set of rights across the board. Do you think unionization is something that could happen first before any idea of being a state employee? It actually gets really complicated. There, there are ways to create essentially trade associations without them being employees. I, I don't want to give people a whole law class on this, but the more likely avenue is going to be that they're deemed to be employees and can unionize that way. However, about half of the states do not allow employees of the government, which would include public universities within the state, to unionize. So in about half of the states, student-athletes at public universities would have no ability to unionize. And then the rules look different for private versus public schools anyway. So you're looking at this kind of patchwork like we have with NIL already. And so it's not like they'll just decide student-athletes are employees and suddenly they'll all be able to organize and unionize and collectively bargain. It's far more complicated than that. So I am curious because I know how knowledgeable you are in all this, and you've been ahead of the curve on this issue what what is the message that you try to get across to your students? Like, what is kind of the theme of the idea of of the message that you're trying to brand for them? I'm really trying to focus on all the things I love about NIL, which is not only their ability to monetize right now and do one-off kind of deals, but really thinking about the deals that you accept or that you go after. How can you put together things that help you with your future career? Like I've seen student athletes who, in addition to compensation, have asked for a micro internship with the company, or they've asked for a meeting with the CEO. You know, they're trying to network and put themselves in a position to be able to find a great job after graduation. They're forming their own companies and becoming entrepreneurs. You know, some of the top ones are taking equity in companies. They're getting board seats. You know, that sort of long-term thinking is what I love about NIL. So we start with the basics about, you know, what is your personal brand? What are the ways you can monetize your NIL? But then I really try to teach them a little more about how they can take this beyond graduation. And it's not just something you do while you're a student athlete. And, and many of them have really taken that to heart. And it's been fun to watch. Sports business reporter, founder of the Business of College and uh, college Sports and Jobs in NIL. Christy Dosh joined us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Check out her Twitter page, at SportsBizMiss. Christy, as always, really appreciate the uh, the time and the info. Um, keep doing great work. And, uh, listen, we always appreciate having you on. So thanks so much for being uh, on the show tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. And go Braves. You got it. <laughs>
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 